Hi, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Crystal Guayco, and I will be your host for today. If you want more information about Miami Church or would love to get connected, email us at hello at mammychurch.com. Without further ado, here's the message. Enjoy! Recently, I've been reading some articles about the importance of the first five years of life, from birth to age five. Do do you remember anything from your first five years of life? I don't. I I don't remember anything. And and here's what's interesting, right, Is, is these first five years are so important, yet you don't remember anything about them, but yet they shaped your life more than any of the rest of the years of your life. The first five years are fundamentally important. I mean, the, the, the research says that it sets the foundation for everything else, physically, emotionally, socially, your mental development, your emotional development, your educational development. That, that birth to age five is the foundation that shapes a child's future health, their happiness, their growth, their development, their learning achievement in school, in the family, the community, and in life in general. I mean, the brain is being formed. Your, your outlook is being shaped. It's really setting you up for life. I remember a few years ago, I was here in the Grove down on Bayshore near Regatta Park, and, and I was uh, walking. I was just on a walk, and up ahead of me was this family, this, this dad and this little girl, and she had to be three or four years old. I mean, she was, was small, and, and I'm about 100 feet or so behind them, and, and I didn't see anything. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, the dad just turns toward this little girl, and he just goes off. And he's yelling and spewing and cursing. And I'm going like, what, what, what happened? And, and I, I sort of think, that, that little girl's life is being shaped. It's being informed. And, and it made me sad. It began to break my heart. The, the truth is, the reality is that you and I have been shaped I've been shaped, you've been shaped. In our early years, in things that we don't even remember, we've been shaped for good and for bad, and honestly, probably some of both. And it happened to all of us. And it shaped our outlook, and it shaped our emotional development, and our mental development, and our social, and all of these feelings, and all of these experiences, they shape us, and they shape how we, what we think and what we see when we look in the mirror. When you look in the mirror, all of these experiences and all of these feelings reflect in what you see. Now, let me make a turn. Here's where I want to go today. Our feelings, our experiences, what we see when we look in the mirror get reflected onto God. They get transferred our feelings, our experiences get transferred on our view our perspective of God. How we feel, 
how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about the world, how we feel about things around us gets transferred onto God. I can think of a couple recent examples. One, I was talking to a neighbor of mine recently, and the topic of God comes up. And in his mind, right, he doesn't say it this directly, but in his mind, God is a nun with a ruler. And when he views God, he, he views God as this nun with a ruler ready to slap him on the hand. And it's as if God is, is standing there just waiting for him, just waiting for him just to, just to screw up just a little bit, just to step out of line, just to barely cross the line. And then God is just going to whack him on the hand. And God is not a God of love. God is a God that just wants to keep him in bounds and keep him in line. And God is okay with him as long as he stays in bounds and does the right things. I was talking to another friend, Julio, recently, and he said this. He said, Greg, man, if I, if I came to your church, the roof would fall in. Thinking, well, I mean, I'm, I'm here at 2150 right now. It seems, I'm no engineer, but seems pretty structurally sound. But what's he saying? He's saying, Greg, I'm bad. I, I'm depraved. I'm too bad for God. I'm, I'm too far gone. God can't love me. He can't accept me. Instead, he's going to judge me. So if I make any type of move toward God, if I move in any way in the direction of God, he's not going to respond with love. Instead, he's going to respond with fury and with wrath and with anger, and it's all going to fall down on me. This is true of you. It's true of me. We transfer these feelings and experiences onto God, maybe consciously, maybe subconsciously, maybe knowingly, maybe unknowingly. But we take these experiences and these feelings and these outlooks, and and they directly influence how we see ourselves and how we see God. And this is important because it affects what you see when you look in the mirror. This is important because it affects what you think God thinks about you. When God thinks about you, what does he think? One of my favorite authors of all time, a guy named A.W. Tozer, he, he put it this way. He said that what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And you've been shaped, I've been shaped from birth, from years that we don't even remember. We've been shaped with memories and experiences that affect how we view ourselves and how we view and relate to God. Now, I want to go, I want you to go with me on a quick journey, okay? We're going to go to the beginning, so we're going to go backwards in order to go forwards. And I want you to go all the way back to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning, act 1, and in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, we're only 26 verses into this, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, here's what it says. It says, God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. You notice the plural pronouns there, us, our, in our image, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Then what he says in verse 27. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he 
created them. Notice the emphasis, the double emphasis on the image of God. You are created in the image of God. This speaks to value. This speaks to worth. You are the image of the almighty God. C.S. Lewis said that there are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. There is no one friend, foe, person you love, person you hate. There is no one that is not made in the image of God. And thus, they have immeasurable value, priceless. Verse 28, look what he says. So he created them in the image of God, male and female, he created them. Verse 28, then God, what? Blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. Do you see this? We're 28 verses into Act 1. And what do we see here? Blessing. Blessing. God blessed them. See, blessing is, is, is God's most ancient instinct. Blessing is God's first and foremost reflex. Blessing is God's default setting. And I want you to go with me here because if you've been around church at all or you're familiar at all with with church or or the teachings of the church, you've probably heard about this concept, original sin. Have you heard of this? Original sin. The idea that we are born, right? We are born sinners. We are born separated from God. No one has to teach us how to do wrong. Wrong just comes naturally. Right? Original sin. But here's my big idea today. Go with me. Before original sin, there was original blessing. Before there was original sin, there was original blessing. See, if we get the sequence wrong, the entire algorithm is off. If we get it wrong, it changes who you see when you look in the mirror. If we get it wrong, it changes the way that you relate to God. If we doubt original blessing, we doubt God's goodness. We see God and relate to God in the wrong way for the wrong reason. And so my goal today, my goal this month, my goal in this series, The Blessing of Christmas, is that you will rediscover God's heart for you. Oh, could we rediscover God's heart for you? I can't think of a better time. The month of December, the holidays Christmas, the last few days of a a long and difficult year. Could we rediscover God's heart? For God, I want to know you, God. God, I want to know you. I want want to to hear from you. What's going on? Where are you? What are you doing? I want to experience you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart for me. I want to rediscover your love for me. See, blessing is God's most ancient Instinct. It's his first and foremost reflex. It's his default setting. Now, let me just be clear. God does not bless pride or ego or laziness or sin or disobedience. God loves you way too much for that. But rather, if we position ourselves, if we sink our lives with, with his, if we get in step with him, God wants to bless you beyond your greatest Imagination. God wants to bless you beyond your ability to even ask or imagine. God wants to bless you in categories you can't even conceive of. Now, the idea of original sin 
was really popularized in the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century. Maybe you've heard of guys like Martin Luther or John Calvin. And the idea of uh, original sin was really took to the nth degree in the 16th century. And, and, and Calvin coined this term total depravity, right? And it was during this time that original sin overshadows original blessing. Now, please hear me. I don't doubt original sin. I have three kids. We are born sinners. We, we are born separated from God. It's why Jesus came. It's why Christmas. It's why Jesus took on the form of a, of a human. It's why God with us. It's why Jesus went to the cross to take our sins. It's why God sent Jesus to make a way for us to be in a right relationship with him. That's the gospel. That's the good news. But listen, this is important. Our children, my children, my three kids, they are blessings first and sinners second. They are blessings first and sinners second. And they need to know that, and so do you. You see, if you miss this, if you see yourself as a, as a sinner first and a blessing second, it affects everything. It has grave consequences. It, it really messes with your identity, and it creates all kinds of identity issues. What you see in the mirror, how you view God, what you think God thinks about you, how you relate to God. Yes, there is original sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but sin is secondary and blessing is primary. Why is this such a big deal? There's a principle. It's, it's called the principle of the, the first. And, and the idea of this principle is that, that whatever first is the basic assumption or the, the foundational truth, a lot of those things that we experience, of those memories and those things that are shaped from birth to five, right? These are these foundational truths, these basic assumptions, and they shape the outlook and they shape your outlook. It's the basis from which things are known. But here's what I want you to know today. I want you to rediscover God's heart for you. You are blessed by God. And to say it even further, you are blessed to be a blessing. Blessing, it's, it's our deepest longing. You, you want to be blessed. We, there's a longing inside of you and inside of me. We want to be celebrated for who we are. We want to be accepted for who we are not. We want to be loved with no strings attached. We, we want to be loved as is. When was the last time you felt loved as is? No strings attached, just as is, just as you are right now. Apostle Paul, writing to the followers of Jesus in Rome, he said this in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 38. He says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demon, neither our fears for today, and man, you have some fears for today, or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever 
be, will, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord, from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Now, I want to unpack this more in the coming weeks, but, but today, I, I just want you to know, I want you to, to begin a journey to rediscover God's heart for you. See, God's blessing can make you whole. God's blessing can heal. God's blessing can redeem and restore. Now, just to be clear, let me get really, really practical just for a couple of minutes and talk about what blessing is and what blessing's not. Okay, Blessing is not good luck. This is not winning the lottery. Right? More money, more problems. No, it's the opposite. Blessed to be a blessing. God does not bless you. God does not bless me to raise our standard of living. Actually, God blesses us to raise our standard of giving. This is not good luck. Blessing is not health, wealth, and prosperity. The, the blessing of God is, is, is really not material things. It's not hashtag on your Instagram account, bless. It's not a blessed bumper sticker on your Ferrari. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about things that you can't put a price tag on. We're talking about joy, unspeakable joy. We're talking about peace that passes all understanding, peace that you can't explain. We're talking about knowing that your past mistakes don't define you, that you are, are forgiven. We're talking about not knowing the future, but knowing who holds the future and that he's preparing works in advance for you. See, blessing is all about being in a right relationship with God. It's God with us. God for us. Blessing is also not zero gravity. What I mean by that is blessing is not no problems. You will have problems. In fact, Jesus said this in John 16, 33. He says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you what? You will have many trials and sorrows. You will have problems. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Hey, I'm telling you, you're going to have problems. Life's going to be hard. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be pandemics. There's going to be hate. There's going to be really hard things. But he says, guess what? In the midst of all that, you can have peace. Peace where? In me. Peace in Jesus. And so don't, don't get, lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit. Because take, take heart. I have overcome the world. See, See, this is, blessing is not no problems. In fact, I would say it this way. The more that you love, the more that it hurts. The more that you love, the more that it hurts. And let's be honest, 2020 has hurt. I mean, it's hurt me personally as a pastor. I've never been more emotionally and mentally and spiritually spent. I've spent time with so many of you these past few months and just the pain that you've experienced personally, the pain that you've experienced relationally, the pain that you've experienced financially. I mean, some of you have had to fire employees. Some of you have been let go from your jobs. Families, people that we love have had to move and they've had to move out of state. Pain. And I've been exhausted. I've been overwhelmed. But I've never lost hope. Why? Right here. Hope in me. I mean, could it be that the circumstances that I want to change are the actual circumstances God is using to shape me, to grow me? I mean, could it be that the circumstances you want God to change 
are the very circumstances God is using to change you, you could call that a blessing in disguise. Maybe not the kind of blessing you want, but a blessing in disguise. See, the blessings of God will complicate your life. 13 years ago, my wife said yes, and we got married, and guess what? I complicated her life, but thank God for 13 years of complications. I have three complications at home. Very complicated, but thank God for those beautiful kids, those three complications. See, the, the, the very thing that complicates your life is a blessing from God. Now, let, let me land the plane here in part one. What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you think God thinks about you? I mean, what does God think about when God thinks about you? I mean, how is it that you relate to him? What, what is it that you see? Is God some kind of angry expression, some kind of, some kind of angry emoji? Or, or, or do you see the, the smile lines around his eyes? Is your view of yourself and your view of God based on your feelings and on your experiences? Or is it based on God's truth and the truth of his word? And today, I I just want to pray a a prayer of blessing over you. And and I want to echo the words of a blessing that's found in Numbers chapter 6, beginning in verse 24. And the author says this, he he says, May God bless you and keep you. May he turn his face toward you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious toward you. May his face turn toward you and may he give you his peace. That's my prayer for you today. Blessing isn't like an abstraction. In fact, I would say it's very tangible and relatable. And it's as relatable as a baby in a manger. And this is why Christmas matters. This is what we celebrate this month. This is what we celebrate now. That Jesus came, and he came because he loves you so much. And he, he made a way for you to be in a right relationship with God. And yes, we are separated from him. We are, we are born into sin. We are born separated from God. But God doesn't see you as his instinct. His most basic instinct is to bless you. And so you may you go on a journey with us these next few weeks this month of rediscovering God's heart for you. May you know at your core that God loves you as is. No strings attached. That he accepts you as you are right now. And I pray that his love will be the anchor of your life. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at miamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.